Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 275. But you have to create those words that these buyers go find in order to even see your item inside of their search results. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and as always, I'm honored that you've decided to spend some time with me today. And if you're new here, you've joined at a fabulous time. Obviously, you can go back and listen to all the past shows, but we've just started a new series all about e-commerce, meaning online sales platforms. It can be so confusing. Which one should you be on? More than one? What about your own website? If any of these are questions you've asked yourself, then join the team because I hear these questions asked all the time. So I decided over a six week period to cover the top sales channels and give you all the goods. By the time we're done with this series, you'll understand the strengths of each channel, be able to determine which one or ones are right for you, and how to make your chosen platform work to sell your products. All the tips and tricks. Last week, we covered eBay. So if you haven't listened, go back just one podcast episode to get that covered. eBay? You may be saying to yourself, that isn't necessarily a platform I'd consider. Well, stop right there. Give Christy a chance to explain it and then make your decision. You may hear some things you hadn't thought of before. I know I did. Today, we're gonna be covering Amazon Handmade. We all know the attention and heightened activity Amazon has had these last months. Did you know there's a separate section on Amazon specifically for you? to sell your handmade products? With massive activity on Amazon overall, it may be the time to have a presence there, but only you can decide. And to help you do that, let's dive into the show. So today, Gift Biz listeners, I have a wonderful treat for you. I have Dana Midkiff with us. She is an Amazon handmade specialist. Seven years ago, Dana started her handmade journey. Today, she has built a brand, developed numerous product lines, and mastered handmade operations. Through the years, she scaled her business so that she could quit her corporate job, oh my gosh, amazing, and she's hired almost 20 part-time employees and soared above six figures a year, all on Amazon. Dana has researched, tested, analyzed, and hustled to find what works, and now shares her learning with all of her handmade clients. And we get to tap into that knowledge today. Dana, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited you are here. I'm (laughs) going to kick it off in a traditional way, and that is by having you describe yourself through a motivational candle. So if you were to select a color that you love and a quote or a motto or saying that resonates with you, what would your motivational candle look like? 
absolutely. So my color is definitely going to have to be pink. It's been my favorite color my entire life. I actually named my business around it. My business name has pink in it. And the saying on my candle would 100% be dare to dream, not trying to steal from like famous book quotes or anything. But growing up, I was very type A. I only had certain dreams within my repertoire, did not think that anything like this would ever be part of my life. And so when I finally brought myself to dreaming about something bigger than a corporate world and working for the man, the entire world opened up for me. So learning how to dream and daring to dream has been basically the mantra that I've tried to live by for the last several years. And it served me well. So that does beg the question. Actually, two questions. What's the name of your business? It's Pink Door Reeves. W-R-E-A-T-H-S. I say that and people are like, what did she say? Because they think that I said wreaths or something. But we're talking about wreaths like you hang on your front door. We make them for all year round. Lots of seasons. Obviously, we're very seasonal. So the end of the year is more busy for us. But it's wreaths that you can hang on your door from January to December. Beautiful. And I love wreaths. So that's right up my alley. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. And share with us a little bit about that point where you decided, okay, I'm done working corporate. Like, I'm not going to do that. Because I think a lot of people, our listeners here included, think that, see other people doing it. But when they turn the mirror over to themselves, they're like, "Eh, not so sure. What was the pivotal point that made you actually do that? Not quit corporate, but start, like get the idea. Yeah. So I started the business basically to pay off credit cards, like how most of us start. We're taking this, maybe this talent or we're browsing Pinterest and figuring out what it is that we think we want to try to make to pay off that couple hundred dollars that we just can't seem to knock away at. And so when it started with that, I was a CPA. So I was working long, long hours. I was doing taxes and audits and trying to do this on the side, trying to hustle. And a couple years in doing 60 hours a week and then turning around and doing this job, running this business basically from 9 p.m. till midnight every night. Because at that point I had two children. It became a moment of sitting on the stairs in my living room, really just crying my eyes out going, I cannot do both of these things anymore. And having the discussion with my husband, okay, well, what does this look like for the next 10 or 20 years? Am I going to keep being corporate or am I going to actually pursue what this might actually be able to be something more? So then we took the steps of trying to go part-time, figuring out if we could make the finances work. And basically, as soon as I did that, it skyrocketed and it became the apparent obvious choice that I could do this, I could make it work, and I could not have to work for a corporate environment the rest of my life. So that is interesting. All these things you're saying, Dana, are just triggering me (laughs) with questions. (laughs) Yes. But not everybody sees something skyrocket right away. Right. What were you doing that you thought got the traction so quickly? So I started my business in 2013. I did not quit my job until October of 2017. The big transition point, kind of transitioning into what I have become at this point is an Amazon expert because the transition point was when they opened Amazon Handmade in October of 2015. In that, I had a post-it that sat on my desk. Anybody who follows me who's seen my Facebook and how I kind of started this journey, I had a post-it that sat on my desk at my corporate job that said, get on Amazon or something like that. And it was this idea of, well, how do I do this? And then I found out that they were opening this handmade category and I jumped in both feet, like ready to go, learning everything I could, figuring out how it was that I could scale. And as soon as I got on there, the traction picked up. I'm an Etsy seller. That's where I started. Well, I started inside of just selling in my community and stuff. But as most handmade artists are, we 
gravitate if you're doing these handmade artistry things, you're gravitating towards Etsy. So I did that, but the sales and the increase just by getting seen by so many more people on Amazon was a game changer for me. Interesting. Well, you know, Etsy for a long time was really the only player for handmade specifically. So that makes total sense. So it's almost like that little sticky note just like came to life for you. Like you put it out into the universe, Amazon heard and started handmade. (laughs) So let's just go with that. Yeah, a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of it because they think that you have to have the UPCs and you have to be this legitimate product. And that's what the handmade category changed was the ability to adapt to the people like us who are just making a crochet blanket or a candle or whatever it is that you decide that your passion is. You don't have to fit into that Amazon mold anymore. Got it. Okay, so I think you've already answered this, but let's do it one more time just to underline it as a statement. Why do you think Amazon Handmade is the best place when now there are a number of options out there? Absolutely. Hands down, it's the users. And the users flock to Amazon because of the way that Amazon structures their platform. They hold their sellers to a really high standard. They hold their buyers to a really high standard. They make sure that what you're doing is actually providing the utmost customer service to their people. And in doing that, the customers flock to Amazon. So you're used to getting the things in two days, or you're used to being able to contact an Amazon customer service to answer your questions and stuff. All of those things are still required of an Amazon seller who's selling inside of Handmade. And so being able to provide that business model that fits into what Amazon needs of excellent customer service, great products being able to fulfill in high quantities, all of these things have launched into a different type of handmade business than what you might necessarily see on Etsy. Got it. I mean, when you go to Etsy, you're specifically thinking handmade. That's what that was always about. Correct. But now Amazon with a handmade division also has a lot of other users over and above handmade that could then gravitate over there too. And there's a whole audience out there who don't even know that Etsy exists. Like as long as Etsy's been around, a lot of handmade people know that they exist. And the people who have decorated for their daughter's first birthday party, of course, you know, Etsy exists. But the people who just basically do some online shopping and they really only do it through Amazon, they have no clue that there's this handmade platform out there. So if you get onto the platform that they're used to shopping on, it's a game changer. Right. Well, I can also only imagine what we've been through with 2020 right now, (laughs) that everybody's getting everything from Amazon already. So have you seen from some of your clients that they're increasing even more because it is Amazon? Yes, everybody in general, at least the people that I have talked to on Etsy and on Amazon in general have seen major upticks in the last couple months just because people who never knew how to online shop or people who had only dabbled into it had to figure it out in the last couple months. So everybody's seen a big uptick. But I mean, I have hit sales goals now that I was hitting not until October of last year. I've already hit them in June of this year. I'm hearing the same thing over on my end. You're not going into local shops anymore. You're buying everything online. Yes, absolutely. So and for yourself, just regular things that you're needing. The toilet paper you're even buying on Amazon now. All right. So for those people who don't know, because I want to take this from the top, Can you share with us the different elements of Amazon of which handmade is one of them? As far as categories or what do you mean? Yeah, like Amazon handmade is a specialty unto its own under the umbrella of all of Amazon, right? Yes, it is. And one of the biggest confusions that I get from my clients is understanding that handmade is simply a category. And so they think that in doing that, that you still have to send the items out on your own 
just like you do on Etsy. And so when you see that you have these items that you go on and shop on Amazon and you see this prime badge of things that can get to you in two to five days or in the middle of April, it was about 30 days, but (laughs) we all adjusted. (laughs) You see this prime badge that's on there and you think, oh, well, I'm selling in the handmade category. That's not something that applies to me. But that is simply a method of fulfillment. And that is where it's been the game changer for me is actually using these Amazon warehouses and doing what's called FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon. So you can sell something in the handmade category, but you can either choose to fulfill it yourself like you would normally an Etsy order or whatever type of order if you're selling on Shopify or something. Or you can send your items into an Amazon warehouse and have them send those items out to the customers in the two to five day turnaround. So that's possible for any product that's sold on Amazon, whether it's in the handmade category or not. That is correct. That is simply the fulfillment channel of how it is getting to the customer. It has nothing to do with what category you're selling in. Okay, got you. All right. So we've talked about visibility. We've talked about the customer service and the usage and just, you know, it's a very smooth, clean platform. We've all by now, I can't imagine any single listener who hasn't purchased now on Amazon in one way or another, right? Yes. So let's talk about if they haven't been on before, I'm thinking the best thing to do is just go ahead onto Amazon and look at the handmade category to get a feel for the types of businesses that are there. Yes. Because Amazon sells pretty much everything, I would suggest that Amazon could be a fit for anybody at this point, right? It really is. I struggle when people have the whole saturation mentality because they have it a lot on Etsy as well. And so they look at it and go, oh my goodness, well, everyone is selling baby blankets, for example. There's no way I could find success in that. Well, they're also selling it on Amazon. The difference that you can provide to your customers is great photos, great copy great information to try to get that sell. So it's not something that you have to give up and decide not to pursue on any of those platforms. It is absolutely something that you can pursue and find great success. You just have to have a business mentality about it. Having this handmade mentality that, oh, well, I'm just someone who's doing a little hobby. You're not going to turn around and be the seller that I am until you take it and grab it by the reins and do everything that you can to try to sell to these people. Right. I mean, and just how we are all in different places and we go buying things differently, like we all go to different restaurants for dinner, right? Right. If we like handmade products, why wouldn't we go to different places, possibly even online? I even have talked with people who have Amazon handmade and are also in Etsy, like different audiences. Yeah. And I still sell on both. Yeah. You still sell on Etsy also? I do. Yes. It's nowhere near. It's about 5% of my sales now at this point. But yes. And I have my own website as well for Shopify. Okay. So let's talk about that. I think that's so important. So why do you have your own website? I know it's a big question, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) No, the answer is you don't want all your eggs in one basket. I mean, it's something that takes a lot longer to get that traction and that audience, but you own that audience. Any type of business that you're running, working on not building it on someone else's platform is the end goal. Is am I where I want to be in that part of my goal? No, I still thrive and I'm still employing as many people as I am because of Amazon. But the trajectory is to even get those customers to become so brand loyal that they find me inside of other platforms, mainly my own website. Right. And hopefully then you have an email address so that you can track them, show them new designs, you know, product extensions, whatever it might be. Not through Amazon, though. I know that. 
Yeah, that's the tricky thing is Amazon owns their customers. So you can't really reach out to them after the sale or they're pretty picky about what you can put inside of your packaging when you send it to the customer. But if you can create that brand to where they go, oh my goodness, I really love this Pink Doris that I got. Let me just Google Pink Doris. Well, if they do that, then they're going to find my website. Oh, okay. Got you. And honestly, in terms of passing on all the information, that's not unique, right? Like most of the platforms, Etsy doesn't pass on information. eBay doesn't pass on information, et cetera. Well, Etsy's a little more lax in it. They don't discourage you directing sales to your website. Like the information that you can put inside your package, you can put www.pinkdories.com on your business cards. You're not allowed to do that inside of Amazon packaging. So they are definitely the strictest. Okay. All right. Well, I want to talk specifically Amazon. So we keep everybody really focused here so we don't get confused with all the different platforms. But that was a really interesting and good comparison. And now that I've said that, I do have one other question for comparison kind of for you. Someone told me a long time ago that Amazon is more of a just a volume play because you're providing the product to Amazon or fulfilling it yourself but you're virtually trying to sell through product. So it's a volume play versus a relationship play, which is more what your website would be. Correct. I I don't think I would argue with that. I mean, I see the sales that I see because I am selling in volume. I'm just reaching a larger number of people with that ability. The brand loyalty and that kind of thing, as far as selling that feeling and that excitement, you can do that some inside of Amazon with beautiful photos and making these sentences sound fantastic inside your descriptions, but you can only do that so much inside of simple listing that Amazon creates for you. Okay. When you say you're selling in volume, are you selling like wholesale? No, I'm just mass producing wreaths. Yeah. Okay. So you're mass producing wreaths, sending them over for them to fulfill to individual customers. Correct. Got it. Okay. Let's take it from the top if someone were to decide that they wanted to start an account with Amazon. What do they do? If you go onto Amazon, if you just Google Amazon Handmade, it will come up with the application page and they're going to ask you questions. It is, if you're familiar with the Handmade community, it's basically a juried type platform that you're getting onto there. So they're asking you questions as far as what percentage of your items are made by you. If you're outsourcing your stuff, how many employees you have, because they are trying to keep from these things being Chinese sellers or someone who is creating a facility that is employing 200 people that's just making the same widget over and over again. That's not what they're wanting inside the handmade category. And so you're going to fill out this questionnaire that is basically proving to them, yes, I am Susan Smith, who is sitting on my couch making these blankets one by one. This is the pictures of me doing it. It's just me and maybe my mom helping me or whatever. You're playing up that aspect that, yes, I am handmade. I am not the rest of what you see in the 95% of the other categories of Amazon. So there's no business too small then? Correct. Okay, wonderful. So you fill out an application and then you have to get approved? Yes, they will approve you or not. And then you go on and you start listing. Now, the biggest hurdle that people have if you are in an Etsy mentality is that the setup of those listings is drastically different. Once you kind of get the gist of how amazing Amazon is as far as the SEO backend, search engine optimization is what I mean by that. If no one's familiar with what SEO means, But you have to create those words that these buyers go find in order to even see your item inside of their search results. But Amazon truly gives you lots of ways to have that information be found to your customers in lots of 
occasions and events and different ideas for what they could purchase it for. And you're really limited in that on Etsy. And so the broadness that Amazon gives you in that is a little bit intimidating to people sometimes. Okay. When you're starting, are there a certain number of products that are recommended to put up right away? Could you start with just one? You could absolutely start with one. There are people out there who have an entire Amazon business built around one product. Are most of them those handmade? No. But think about someone who sells a certain type of item, say that they've sold on Shark Tank or something. Their Amazon account literally is just one product. So that idea that it's not so much of a number base, it's that you get good traction, that you provide good customer service. Amazon cares about the feedback that these customers are coming back and giving as to how you've provided this customer service to them after the sale. So it's not necessarily some people say that there's a magic number on Etsy as far as like that hundred listing threshold. I wouldn't necessarily say that's the case on Amazon. They more care about do you have five good products that you can provide excellent customer service over and above just putting up a hundred products that might be subpar. Got it. Well, I kind of feel like I'm thinking of my own habits on Amazon. I'm going looking for a certain product, not necessarily looking for a certain business, right? Right. So you're going to search based on the product you're wanting to buy. Now, if you really like that product and you want to see what else they have in their store, then that would be an extension of that. But you first start with always searching for the product. Correct. And that's where the, like the brand loyalty that we talked about, they're not necessarily coming and searching for my brand. Some people do, but they're not searching for my brand on Amazon. They're just searching for a high quality Halloween wreath. Okay. And by nature, my stuff shows up. Got it. Okay. So we have our products online. How do we decide if we want to fulfill by Amazon or do it ourselves? Do you want to do hands-off and just sit back and watch the money come in? Or do you want to take each individual? Is that a loaded question? (laughs) (laughs) No, it really is. A lot of it is, what's your ability? Like a lot of people, I tell them to kind of get a comfort level with Amazon, with fulfilling the orders to the individual customers first, get used to their messaging system, get used to the SEO and figuring out what words and where to put those inside of the listing before you turn around and just make a hundred of an item and send it into an FBA warehouse. It's not necessarily going to bode well for you if you haven't still done that groundwork at the beginning to help get that item to be something that Amazon's going to actually put in front of people. Right. Okay. And then I just remember when I'm out exhibiting at trade shows in regular times, often, (laughs) and Amazon always is coming up to me wanting me to be on Amazon. Now, it wasn't Amazon handmade. It was just Amazon overall. And one of the things that, first off, I need to have the email addresses for my product to work because I sell software in conjunction with a product. But also, I wasn't as comfortable with the overrun that they needed. I think, I don't remember if it was 2, 3, 5% overrun, whereby if someone returned something, you never got it back. It was just like lost product, kind of like spoilage. Is it that way in Amazon Handmade as well? Well, it's essentially that you have to kind of build these things into your business and into your cost. So, Do you have more things that a customer might abuse the system a little bit inside of Amazon? Absolutely. But I always tell people, if you are running a handmade business, the pricing is a lot of times what is tripping people up because they look at it and go, oh my goodness, nobody's going to pay $15 for this. Let me just charge seven. Well, then you don't have that margin in there built in for the times that the refunds happen or that the damages happen inside of Amazon. Do those things happen more frequently? Yes, because you are hands-off. So you might have an item that Amazon says is damaged, 
but you have the ability to turn around and pull that item back into your own home or your own warehouse or whatever you're working out of and see if that's actually damaged or not. It's not that they just take everything and dump it in a dumpster and you never see it and you get the money back that Amazon says you should or shouldn't get. You have more freedom in that. Okay, that I didn't know. Okay. Yes, there's a lot of misconceptions out there that, you know what, you just send this stuff off and maybe I sent $500 worth of stuff, but I'm only going to get $250 because Amazon tells me whatever happens, happens. Sorry, you're tough out of luck. That's absolutely not the case. Because they want you to stay and keep listing, right? And now that there's competition, all the more so is my thinking. Absolutely. Okay. And talking about price, I mean, there's pros and cons. If they're fulfilling, then you're not boxing it. You're not taking the time in behind, you know, in a warehouse, storing all of it, all of that. So there's pros and cons, again, to consider as you're pricing everything. We're going to cover more about pricing right after a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How, you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Speaking of pricing, though, I'm sure you can't just list for free and they'll send out for free (laughs) and all of that. (laughs) So how does an account work on the financial side? So you say that you can't list for free, but you actually can. There's no 20 cent listing fee like Etsy charges per listing. You could literally put your items up at no cost to you. Unlimited amount of items? Correct. Okay. Yes. Until you actually turn around and make that sale. So they do take a 15% referral fee from the sale of the item, whether you're selling it or whether they're selling it. Okay. So if you have a hundred dollar item, they're going to turn around and take $15 from that item, no matter how you sold it. If they were the ones who fulfilled that item, then you've got an additional fee over and above that $15, but you've got to consider, like you said, you're not shipping that out to the customer. You're not actually taking the labor to box that item and print that packing slip and print that label and do all of that. So you got to take into consideration that additional fee is something that doesn't necessarily have to be as scary as it sounds. Now, that's not a set fee. A lot of people say, well, what's the percentage of that? I hear these crazy numbers where Amazon takes 30% and this and that. Well, it depends on the size of your item. It depends on the weight of your item, a lot of different things. So they're going to take a pick and pack fee from everything. That's simply the labor for them and going and picking it out of their warehouse. And then the basically the additional percentage of that is based off the size and the weight and that kind of thing that they're shipping out. So it's not a dollar amount that I can sit here and say, all right, no matter what, going to pay 33% of the sales price to Amazon. It sounds like you just have to trust them. You do. You do. And that's hard for some people. And I completely get that. If I had tried to do Amazon FBA when I was just starting out in 2013, I probably wouldn't have given them as much rain as I did inside of 
2016, 2017, because I had those margins built in. I had a little bit to play with and I was okay if some things kind of didn't go right in my learning process. Okay. So two questions. Do you have to be exclusive with your products on Amazon? No, none of my items are only exclusive to Amazon. I sell the same things on my Shopify and on my Etsy. Okay. Do you change the prices on different platforms? You used to have to have them priced no higher. Basically, they didn't want you to be able to get it cheaper anywhere else than Amazon. They have changed that in the last 18 months or so. It was basically deemed illegal for them to tell you that you cannot do that. You can, and a lot of people do, have their items priced higher on Amazon than they do on their Shopify or their Etsy website. Okay, good to know. And so if you sell on Amazon and they fulfill, are you able to provide any type of box stuffers or brochures or anything that go with your product? You can add stuff into it that has to do with the product itself. You can even brand it as far as having your logo or that kind of thing. You cannot have anything that basically what Amazon signifies as taking the sale off of their platform or taking the communication off of their platform. So you can't have an email address where they can contact you at your Gmail. You can't have a website where they turn around and go. Now, I say this, but people go, oh, well, I just got the tube of lipstick in the mail last week from Amazon and it had these packages in it. Well, yes, those people are breaking the terms of service. Could you get away with it? Possibly. Do you want to risk getting away with it? No, it's not. That's not how you should be handling your business. Whether you're fulfilling it yourself or fulfilling it by Amazon, you're not allowed to put that sales tactic outside of the Amazon platform in any of your stuff. Right. But if the person who, for your example, didn't get it fulfillment through Amazon, it was probably someone at home who slipped that in because Amazon wouldn't have allowed it in the first place. Well, Amazon's not opening everything. Okay. They're sending it in the packaging that you send. So if someone turns around and Think about it. You get a lot of these things in these plastic poly mail. If you're somebody who sells handmade, you may sell your items in a poly mailer. You're going to send it to Amazon possibly in that poly mailer. Okay. So whatever's in that poly mailer, Amazon's not turning around and opening that up to see what type of brochures and stuff that you've added into every single item. Got it. Okay. They're not filtering that stuff out. You just run the risk of if they do do checks on those items, you don't want that stuff in there because it could shut you down. What about a brochure that lists all the craft festivals you're going to be at, for example? So Amazon is not super specific in what they tell you. They simply say, don't direct the sale off of the Amazon platform. So there's some lines there that I basically tell people, you have to decide how risky you want to get with that. You have to decide how you want to interpret that. You have to decide what part of your business that this is important enough for me to put this information in here versus deciding not to put this other information in there. Because this one is borderline. Right. Yeah. And so you decide, look, I, I, I feel like that if Amazon were to confront me on this and say, you really shouldn't have this in there, I feel like I could stay in my ground and justify it. And so and so, great. That's your business decision. It's not something that I can tell you, yes, Amazon will shut you down or they won't. It's a very gray area and they kind of leave it up to you to interpret that. But in doing that, you know that if they come back at you and say, okay, this isn't allowed then you might have to face the consequences of that. Right. It might depend on how nice the person is you're talking to that day or something. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Very subjective there. So Seller Central is nothing that basically who you contact on the seller side of Amazon. Seller Central is nothing but inconsistent. So Okay, so it's inconsistent, but how do you feel the support is when you have questions or need help with something? 
inside of the actual handmade department, they are very, very strong in their knowledge and in their support of their handmade artists for Mm -hmm. the most part. A lot of times what people don't do is when they're having an issue with a customer, they're having an issue with an item, they just go and contact basically the general Amazon. And those people have no clue what to do with handmade items. They don't know the special rules that were allowed. They don't know the special return policies that were allowed. And so when you go and contact basically general Amazon, you're going to get a lot, a lot of different information. And that's very frustrating to people. But if you do it through the specific handmade tools that they give you, then a lot of times you will get a very consistent, strong answer to help you out. Okay, that's a huge tip. So if you're on the platform, you have questions or challenges, make sure when you're going to support, you go into Amazon Handmade. Yes. Okay, wonderful. How about advertising? It is a huge part of my business. Okay. As it should be for a lot of people. Like once you've become substantial and you are looking for consistent sales, I can tell you a lot of people who are $100,000 sellers on Etsy, there's no way they could be that way without advertising. I feel like it's a certain part of kind of your overhead that you have to build in to getting consistent sales and getting traffic that constantly drives. Because if you get that traffic that comes to one of your items, it's going to bring up the quality of all of your items. It's going to bring up the traction and the visibility that you get on some of the ones that either you're not advertising or you're not spending advertising dollars as high on. Right. I mean, the trick is to be selling more than your advertising costs. Absolutely. Yes. But I think so many people are hesitant to do that and they just want to get onto the best platform that can give them the most visibility for nothing. (laughs) Right. Then they want it to come free and they're like, oh, well, I'm already paying Amazon these fees. Then they should just let me be found in front of other people. Well, that's not how the world works. That's not how the business world works. You still have to pay for that placement and you still have to pay for the data because that's a lot of it is inside of Amazon. That's where your data comes from and figuring out what search terms are working and what's not working and what things people are trending towards. And that data all comes from running ads on Amazon. Oh, good point. Okay, so you were on Etsy first. At what point, once you started your business, did you start throwing dollars into ads? It took me probably a little longer than it should have, just because I did have that handmade mentality. I had my stuff priced really low and it was like, well, I don't want to give away 15% of the sale to ads and not really understand. But now when I coach my clients through their SEO and their ads and figuring out where to go from here, I like to try to tell them, okay, yes, we may only give Amazon $5 a day right now, but you start to get data from that and you start to get sales and they turn around and make that $5 two hundred dollars in sales well i want you to remember that you keep that traction going i want you to get to a place where you say yes amazon you can take my two hundred dollars a day in advertising fees if it turns around and makes me 20 grand absolutely yeah that idea that oh my gosh i might spend two hundred dollars today on advertising well yeah but i also made 10 grand you know or whatever that number it is whatever that conversion is I try to keep my conversion rate, my advertising cost to sales rate below 10%. That's obviously higher during holiday seasons and stuff. But realistically, I try to keep it to where I only spend 10 cents to make a dollar. And you're saying that the more you advertise, the more knowledge Amazon has, so the stronger your dollar performs as you continue on. Yes. How long do you think you need to, let's just go with your $5 a day that you were talking earlier, which for a lot of people when that adds up to a month is a huge chunk of money, right? Oh, yeah. So how long do you need to do that? Now, we're going to say that there's a market for your product, okay? Because we know that there are some products that just aren't going to sell. We think they're great, but no one's going to pay for it. (laughs) Okay, so it's not that kind of product. Okay, it's a product that will work. 
how long do you need to be making this investment before you can really see this is working and I am getting the return? Is it a build? It's a tricky question because so much of advertising is built on your SEO. So you could turn around and put $5 a day into something or $200 a day. But if your title literally says burlap pumpkin, okay, that's not enough. That's not enough for Amazon to go off of in order to figure out what it is you're selling and who wants to see it. They'll take your money, but they won't really be applying it in the way that is necessarily beneficial to you or your product or your business. Okay. It's how much groundwork you've done in figuring out the people that want to buy your product and what it is that they're looking for and making sure that those words are something that Amazon can find you for. So on Amazon, yes, you may be selling a burlap pumpkin, but you also need to have the words in there like Halloween decoration or Thanksgiving table decoration, okay? If you don't give Amazon those words, your ads aren't going to do anything. Right, because who's going to just search for burlap pumpkin? No one's going to find it. Right, that may be exactly what you sell. You may sell a pink baby blanket, okay? But there's a million and a half other ways to describe that pink baby blanket. And you have to give Amazon as much ammunition, basically, in order to get those out in those search terms to where those ads can actually make sense for more people. Okay, good point. So let's say we put ads up, we go a week or so and not see any traction, then maybe you need to go back and look at your words, look at your titles, but don't just discount and say, okay, ads don't work. Absolutely. Don't do that. Like I tell people to give it like if you're going to really, really commit to this, give it a good six months of constantly going in every week and tweaking these things, learning the reports and the data that it gives you. Another kind of caveat to that, you said a week, Amazon's reports are notoriously 24 to 48 hours behind. So realistically, if you only wait five to seven days, you might only have three days worth of actually good data there. So you want to try to wait it out two or three weeks. Let Amazon just kind of churn through your listings. Let them churn through your SEO, figure it out what it is you're selling, and then take that data that they turn around and give you. And they may tell you, okay, you sell a pink baby blanket, but someone's also looking for a fuchsia baby blanket. Okay, well, I need to add fuchsia into my search terms. Okay, I need to add fuchsia into my title, wherever it be, then Amazon can turn around and churn through that word now. Okay, so it's a constant building of having items being found of being on the platform long enough that Amazon can figure out what it is you sell and constantly giving them additional information as to what it is you sell. Based on the learning, because it just gets richer and richer over time. Absolutely. So when you're first getting on, let your ads run for, say, two weeks, then start looking weekly thereafter? Yes, I wouldn't touch it for the first two weeks. Just let it do what it wants to do and then try to pull some data and figure out where you're going to go from there. Okay. And the same thing for any new product that you add then. Give it some time first before you're looking at it. Yes, absolutely. What would you say are a couple of the biggest mistakes people make on Amazon? A couple of the biggest mistakes. That's a good question. A lot of times it's not doing the SEO work ahead of time that you've started out and you see that someone like me has had found huge success. So they're like, okay, I'm going to go put up my burlap pumpkin. And they haven't figured out who these people are. They haven't actually sat down and done the legwork. So Amazon gives you this really cool thing in the back end as far as what Etsy would refer to as your tags. Inside of Amazon, it's basically just this search terms box where you can give Amazon up to 249 characters of literally just brain dumping a bunch of words. And when I go into people who haven't followed me or haven't learned all of these tips and tricks, most of the time, they're literally not maximizing out that box, maximizing out all of these fantastic words that Amazon 
can use in order to help you get found for so many occasions and gifting ideas and all kinds of things. So the example I like to get on Etsy, you might say that you sell a pink baby blanket, okay? But they only give you so many characters inside your title. And then you want your tags to match and you want all this and that. Well, Amazon allows you to also get found for gift for girl baby shower and gift for daughter and gift for granddaughter and gift for, there's all these additional words that Amazon lets you get found for because that's how they search on Amazon. And so not maximizing that potential for only getting found for pink baby blanket, but also getting found to, for the 200 other different combinations of words that might help come into play. Right. So you want to fill those boxes for every single product. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Amazon knows what to do with it, but you got to give it to them. The other item that I would say is probably what we touched on before is not advertising, not understanding the ads. And so they just either choose not to do it or they only do it half-heartedly, look at it and they're like, oh, well, Amazon took 50 cents on every dollar. It wasn't worth it. I'm going to turn it off and just walk away. Mm, Yeah. You really have to give it good, consistent effort. Same for Etsy. I mean, any business that you're running, you don't want to be losing that drive to constantly find the new ways that people want to see you and learn the new tips and tricks. Like you have to be in it for the long haul here, (laughs) picking your item and then having it have exactly the same titles and words and stuff three years later, isn't going to get you a million (laughs) dollars. Unless it's working from the start, then you want to keep it that way, right? Like some products, you might just land it. Yes, absolutely. But there's always going to be that going in and tweaking and figuring out, okay, well, this word maybe isn't working so great. Let me try to filter in something else that might bring me even more sales. Okay. Good sales are good, but you can always make it better by constantly moving in and out the words that aren't performing well. Got it. So do you have someone now inside your business who focuses totally on that? Looking at the words, strategizing, you're doing it. That's still me. My head wraps around it so well. My girls are really, really good at going through the systems that I've put in place and the logistics and that kind of thing. I have found the huge success I have in learning to delegate things that I know that I can't do as well as maybe someone else can. This is still one of those things that I know I still do better. <laughs> I still do better than everyone else. So it will still be on my repertoire. Well, that's wonderful. And it's a great example. Just the whole story that you just talked about is a great example that you just don't put it up there, see results and say it doesn't work. You continue tweaking it over time, all the time, like it's part of your job. It is. So I think like for a mindset, that's really important too to know that, oh, well, I just can't do this because it's not selling. It's not that it's that you've got to learn the right mixture, the keywords or the titles or quantities even. Well, on Etsy, it's different. And that's the mentality that it's kind of hard to overcome is Etsy, once you get those certain tags that work really, really well, if you're selling something that isn't seasonal and you don't have to change those things out, once you've figured out those tags that work really well for you, you're not doing much tweaking. You're letting that run and letting Etsy run with that. Amazon gives you so many more opportunities to add words into your back end that it's just an endless ability to adapt and grow and improve. Totally different platforms. Absolutely. You know, you kind of feel like they're similar because they're both handmade focused, they're both online, but completely different. Yes. And you can use both of them in tandem. But to your point, find the one that brings you results. You're clearly seeing it on Amazon. Yes. You're not the first person I've talked to who has had a similar experience. Going from Etsy and Amazon, not making any other comments than that. I'm just saying that part. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else big about Amazon that we need to cover? 
<laughs> Honestly, the information <laughs> that I just gave your listeners is probably overwhelming to them in general. Okay. They're probably going, okay, now I have 400 other questions. Well, I mean, I know there's a lot there. I'm not downplaying that. It's a lot of information. What would you say to someone who's thinking about starting? What would be your words of recommendation to them? Just try it and don't give up in the first week. Like you're going to get into it and it's the back end of that, of setting up that listing is going to look intimidating. I can't even count the number of people who have said, oh, well, I got into it and the dashboard, I literally got to the dashboard and I got accepted and they didn't know where to go from there. So they just quit and just never did it for three years. (laughs) So don't give up, play around with it. Just click around, just figure it out little by little. I still have listings that when I put them up in 2015, because I have so many listings at this point, they look awful. So it's a constant improvement. It's not expected for you to have a perfectly SEO listing up on the very first day. Play with it, figure it out, just constantly look at it and learn. I'd almost suggest when you're getting on any new platform, set aside time to really figure it out. Don't just kind of like how, you know, people will do with social media sites. Oh, I got my Twitter handle. So now I'm on Twitter. (laughs) Well, you can't do that on a site and sell your product and expect it to work for you. you got to get to know the platform, how to use it, the intricacies. You've shared so much gold about Amazon, but you've got to dedicate your time yourself to learning it for you. Yeah. This is not a 3 p.m. on a Friday project, guys. (laughs) Not in any stretch. Yep. Tell us a little bit more about what you do, the clients that you're attracting, how you're working with them, and how people can find you if they're interested. Absolutely. So my main business is the Pink Dories that we discussed, but my coaching side of it is helping people overcome these questions. I have a free Facebook group that you can find. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Dana Midkiff Coach. And inside of that is lots of people who are helping each other. We are learning the process together. We are learning the platform and I'm helping them through a lot of the questions that people have realistically a lot of the times as they start out inside the platform. There's a lot of people in there who can help you through it, including me, who just see the passion that we all have and the excitement and know the success that can be had. But that's where we're hanging out is on Facebook and Instagram at Dana Midkiff Coach. Beautiful. And I think those groups are so important too. Not only is it another place to get support, but Dana, I'm sure Amazon Handmade continues to change. And Where are you going to find out about it? Directly from them, perhaps, but in groups to really understand what it's all about and what it can mean to you. Those conversations are so valuable. That's 100% where the learning happens. Well, thank you so much. This has really piqued my interest. Well, first off, I have to go and check out all your wreaths. I have to just say. (laughs) (laughs) But really great information. I appreciate so much you coming on and sharing a lot of what you know about Amazon Handmade. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you for having me. Interesting stuff, yes? I'll always continue to reinforce that the end goal should be for you to have your own website. But as you're starting, or as a channel in addition to your website, Amazon Handmade might be just the thing. While it's still summer, traditionally a slow season, and particularly this year with the craft shows and festivals canceled, I'm thinking this might be a good opportunity to gear up for the holidays by taking some time to select a second sales channel online. Remember, this is part two of a six-part series. We've now covered eBay and Amazon Handmade. Up next week, we're talking all things Shopify. This is my go-to recommendation when you're ready to build your own website. Remember, I just said that this should be your ultimate goal, right? Your own website. 
Make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. That allows the next episode to automatically be downloaded, ready and waiting for you, first thing next Monday morning. Did you know that if you're not subscribed, sometimes it takes hours for the episode to become available to you? But not when you subscribe. So take a moment and go do that now. Okay, Shopify next week. And until then, a reminder that you can join us over in the breeze for live Q&As about any of your business questions. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Be safe, be well, and bye for now. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.